Kyle. Welcome back to Building a Fighter. My name is Dr. Austin Shane, sports chiropractor in Scottsdale, Arizona. With me, as always, a badass strength coach in Denver, Colorado, Alex Friedman. Today, we have a special guest. We have Scotty Miller. He is the head of grappling at Factory X in Denver, Colorado. What's up, Scotty? How you doing? I'm good. How you guys doing? Dude, living the dream, doing my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott, Scotty, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me what you do, a little bit of the background and how you got into as a grappling coach. Uh, I started uh, wrestling really young. I was about six years old, I think, somewhere around there. Wrestled all the way through high school, a little bit in college, but uh, I I kind of uh, was a big fan of fighting and jiu-jitsu younger, but I grew up in the middle of Kansas, so there wasn't really a place to actually train. So, and especially 13 years ago, it's hard to find like YouTube videos and stuff. So uh, I was just, I I wanted to get, I moved to Denver specifically just to become a black belt. I was like, I don't know what I want to do with my life, but uh, I I know that I want to do jujitsu, you know, Um, never really had the the urge to fight necessarily, but uh, I love grappling. I love fighting. I, I love all martial arts, quite honestly. So uh, that's just kind of how I got started. So I've been grappling for a long time, man, like since I was six. So about, you know, 26, yeah. 27 years, something like that. So, dude, that's awesome. And so you said you started with wrestling. Do I, I haven't really picked up jujitsu yet. I just haven't had time with the whole school thing. Also, he's soft. So that's, and that's, I'm super he, soft. He won't put himself how, in vulnerable sure. positions. Jujitsu is good for soft people, though. So. That's what I've heard my in Portland when I was doing schooling. The guy that ran the gym said that jujitsu is the video game of combat sports. I'm like, "Eh, I I like that. Easier than wrestling for sure. Yeah. (laughs) But how how did your wrestling play into how you developed your jujitsu game? Did it did it play into it at all? Or yeah, I think yeah, it did. And I think, you know, some wrestlers, uh, their style um, don't necessarily mix with jujitsu very well. My style was more like uh, I was a big fan of John Smith. So like duck unders, low singles, uh, just more like slick, you know. Yeah, I wasn't a strong kid by any means. I was like long and kind of lanky. So I, I, I picked up on his style. And then I was, I was a fan of uh, Astrin too. Uh, I, so dude, I, from the first time just, that I yeah, saw you, from the first time I saw you, sure. I knew that we would be friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. how I wrestle. That's the entire back. That's, that's my whole background is I fucking love Ben Askren. And that's how like that's yeah, awesome. the whole screen. Are you super scrambly? Yeah. You know, it, but for, I wish somebody would have told me a long time ago, don't be like an Iowa style wrestler, you know, be slick, be smooth. It took me a long time to figure it out, like to be like, I, I'm not, I would go to a lot of Brandon Slay camps, who's uh, Olympic gold medalist, yeah. of course. And he's like five, four, you know, you know, yeah. 170 or 180. <laughs> just a, a, yeah. t- oh, super stocky dude. And I would go to his camps all the time. And I'm like, this shit just isn't working for me, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I had to learn how to be a little bit funky for sure. Yeah. Where I'm in the opposite boat where I just was a really good athlete and I was just told to go forward constantly so that's what i did and i just relentlessly attacked and now i'm paying the price for it in jujitsu <laughs> that's true so, that is very true and that yeah. that that that's kind of the point i was making was that uh, a certain style of wrestling really seems to uh trans transition into jujitsu really well you know yeah. uh so i just caught on to it pretty quickly i feel like and i was for obsessed sure. so what are some like hallmarks of that style of wrestling that fit well into jujitsu what i guess what top skills do you look for when you transition like a wrestler like a high level wrestler to a either mixed martial arts or brazilian jujitsu artist i think like you're talking the drive when you drive into somebody you can drive into like a guillotine you know that's common habit of wrestlers is they drive too much and some of the good habits of wrestling turn into bad habits of, you know, of grappling, uh, mm. you know, specifically, obviously for jujitsu and MMA. So the drive is big. Cause it, I think guys don't pull enough, you know, mm. they drive, 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 drive. And it gives a guy momentum to come back up rather than like pulling him, sitting him back to down to his butt. So, uh, that's one habit that I try to get out of their, their system right away and, uh, and, and try to get them to pull more often than drive. And then just, uh, you know, fundamental stuff of not giving up their neck, you know? And I was, uh, I, like I said, I, I had a really good peek out and I had a really good sucker drag. So I would shoot in on, on shots knowing I might not get it and use that. 
and that's you know worked for me in wrestling it actually works fairly well in grappling and jiu-jitsu but giving up your head is a is a bad habit you know and you give up submissions and now my neck is paying the price too so <laughs> heck yeah i mean so have you do you do anything for your neck oh dude Putting i'm spot so I, I yeah i know yeah well i've talked to alex about this uh, I've tried to help. I, I've tried. You know, I do the the yeah the yes no maybe stuff. You know, and mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not doing what I should be doing for sure. <laughs> but uh, the, 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 I just made myself a sauna, so I, I bought a sauna and, and put it together. So that's Let's one go. thing I do for rehab. Yeah, uh, Heck yeah. And then just trying to eat right, you know, and, okay. and do the right stuff and be smart in my warm ups. But yeah, not not what I should be for sure. <laughs> no. So what kind of warm-ups – sorry, I'm kind of jumping around, but I want to play That's okay. what we're going with here. What what kind of warm-ups do you guys do as far as, like, classes go? Do you do just jujitsu-based warm-ups? Do you do any movement prep? Definitely, yeah, stuff that's going to be like uh, – I mean, we have a walking series, which I guess would be kind of like a, an active stretching sort yeah, of okay. thing that they do, which is all right. I, I feel like that's okay. It's obviously better than like just, uh, you know, stagnantly stretching like we've been taught for so many years. Um, and I'm not actually, I, I've gone away from like, let's do shrimps down the mat. Let's do this down the mat. I, I think uh, more stuff like pummeling or um, shadow boxing, shadow wrestling, Stuff that's, uh, I don't know, makes more sense to me, I, I feel like, than like shrimping down the mat necessarily. I'm not saying it's a bad <laughs> thing. I definitely do that, you know, but more for kids and stuff like that, not for adults. Yeah. It's like we kind of know how to warm up, kind of how to get loose. Everybody has their own thing, you know, but I try to do it to uh, w- with a skill involved, you know, instead yeah. of just something. And one thing I liked when I, when I started rolling at Factory X and now that I'm at Landau is the walking series that – everybody does before grappling is the same as the walking series and the warm up that we do at Landau. And a lot of guys do the hip series that we do and things, but I like what you're saying that like, it's, it's good and dynamic, but I think we also need to like step past that. Right. That's like, that's like the thing that you do after you roll out of bed. That's not like yeah. you can't do that warm up <laughs> and then start training like that. That's not, hundred percent. Not no. Yeah, for sure. And that's why uh, we, we, we just always, you know, uh, evolving and trying to make classes better, more efficient, trying to get less people hurt and get the most amount of skill and, you know, uh, sparring time that we can. So I think that's why the warm up. it's like, I'll give them a little bit of time to do that, uh, the walking uh, routine, but uh, I don't give them, a, I don't, you know, I don't give them 20 minutes to get it done. I'm like, you got five minutes and then we're going to start to like flow and, uh, pommel or like i said shadow box shadow wrestle something like that to get the body going you know absolutely yeah get that blood pumping a little bit right right get get you excited to practice a little bit for sure when's the last time you were excited to practice austin (laughs) me today (laughs) i jumped dude i jumped into jujitsu for the first time today and somehow i ended up in an inverted triangle no clue how i got there i'll be real honest yeah i had no clue what i was doing and i did not finish it i ended up with him taking my back but i got there uh, that's what... that that is yeah good instincts <laughs> yeah but um so how we'll stay on the warm-up then i want to get into how you kind of program your practices because i know a lot of our listeners are actually sport coaches uh, um but so when you do your warm-ups is there any separation between when you do a gen pop class versus your uh your pro fight like the fight team y- y- yes uh yes and no uh, I kind of do the same with everyone. Like I like to do like hand fight battles, stuff like that. Okay. Little stuff that's like, let's say I'm in top in, on top and you're in guard and we're just going to hand fight. We're not going to go for anything, nothing. We're just hand fight, hand fight, hand fight. And I think that's something from wrestling. I'm sure Alex and, and both in yourself, Austin, you've done a ton of hand fighting, but it does, nobody does that. I've realized, especially in jujitsu, yeah. nobody talks enough about hand fighting and risk control um, and, and, uh, things like that. I feel like, so I like to do that in the warm up, even yeah, from the open, you know, uh, from the hobbyist to, to the, to the pro guys. And then it just depends. It's like, my focus is obviously mostly on the fighters. So I'm thinking of what they need. And luckily mm-hmm. there I'm there, you know, four days a week with those guys all the time, watching them train, watching them spar, going, getting in there with them. So, uh, I'm always taking either physical notes or mental notes on like, uh, 
Okay, I think we need to get better at hand fighting. I think we need to get better at snapping somebody's head uh, or framing, that sort of thing. And then I try mm. to create some sort of uh, warm-up or drill that uh, will make sense for that particular skill that I'm trying to get out of them. Okay. Uh, I think, yeah, I think I like that that approach that, like, one, you're actively observing and, and everything, and, like, that's a huge part of coaching, but then we can fold in the technique into the warm-up. Like, it's not that we just have to warm up and think about it exclusively, like, physiologically. Like, what are we doing with their blow? What are we doing with the joint mobilization? Stuff like that. But we can use some skills and tie them back into some of the stuff that we do to also get people physically ready, right? So, the two birds, one stone. You can get a sports skill as well as a like a physical readiness impact on in your warm-up you know it doesn't have to be that like monotonous waste of time that i feel like it turns into in a lot of gyms agreed for sure that's why like even shrimping i can show you three four different ways of shrimping and we can argue about the best way to shrimp you know (laughs) And, and, and and it does get boring for those guys you do have to make it fun right and or or you start to create bad habits i feel like and I don't know. Coming from wrestling, we the we have a little different mindset. We're okay with a monotonous, boring drilling because that's yeah. just what we do, right? Yeah. And there'll be times where, like me and my brother would practice, and we wouldn't even speak a word until after practice. Everybody else is like kind of screwing around, messing around. It's like yeah. we're just drilling, 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 drilling. But uh, you know, that's not for everybody. And you, sure. can, that's how people <laughs> get burned out. You gotta have to make it fun. So if it's just like, oh, shrimp down the mat, you know, shots down the mat, this down the mat, people tend to get lazy sometimes with that rather than like, all right, we're going to kind of compete, but just in a hand fight battle. So no, I think that that's super interesting. Like, um, and again, I feel, um, can see it saying this, but like my master's in in sociology, right? So I'm always looking at like different populations and how people interact, but like that drill heavy style and that like super rigid framework will work for wrestlers that want to be the best and don't care about the returns, right? Guys that just want to put their head down and work. But as soon as you translate to that, like to a gem pop class or somebody that's trying to make it in MMA, it's like, that's no longer the goal. So that's no longer interesting. And those rigid drills are just like, are just there taking time. They're not actually getting you better at the sport absolutely that, yeah. that 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 was the biggest thing i i noticed right when i got to fight ready because it was right when i got down here was when henry was set to fight dominic cruz and i walked into the training session and he's still spread like he's an olympic gold medalist and he's still hitting sprawls on a yoga ball just to perfect his form of a sprawl and i'm like what like at first i'm like why are we still doing this then it made sense i'm like oh captain's got a reason for this he needs to focus on the specific skill and he just wants to be the fucking best at this for this specific fight. And he doesn't care how monotonous it is. He hit, I, dude, I probably hit 500 sprawls in a matter of 30 minutes and he just kept going and going, and going. And I'm like, dude, this is so cool to see somebody at that highest level actually care about just still getting better and, and progressing and taking over to the next level, which was, it was nice. It was nice to yeah. see, dude. So Scotty, something, something I noticed about what I've heard about fa- factory X so I've never been there, but obviously through MMA circles and like, I know, I think you guys have Alex right now. Uh, Hernandez. Alex Hernandez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he, he just did a week down with us. Um, I think either right after he went up by you guys or, or whatever it was. And what I've heard about factory X is you guys have such an awesome culture. That's something I wanted to get into all of your guys from what it seems like based off social media, as well as talking to people that train there. They love to be a part of the factory X team. They like, you guys do charity events together. You guys do go out like bowling events, shit like that. How, how do you guys kind of cultured and, and, and made that culture? Because it's hard for some gyms to get. Yeah. I will take zero credit for that. Uh, that's all Mark <laughs> Montoya, man. That guy. Um, yeah. He, uh, he's a special guy and he had, he's created that culture. Um, and it, it is the most impressive culture. And I have, I've, I've trained all over. Uh, I've trained in New York, uh, in California, but you know, I'm talking Henzo's I've tra- yeah. uh, trained in California at, uh, you know, the arena, all sorts of different places all over the world, even too. like anytime I've ever traveled, I train at different gyms in Florida. Mm-hmm. I trained at fight sports with some of the best jujitsu guys there. Yeah. Um, so I've trained all over the place in Vegas at syndicate. I've been all over the place and, um, he's got the best culture that I've ever been to, which is super impressive. Cause I've been to literally hundreds of gyms all over the nation 
and like I said, even even in other countries. So um, I think he he does a really good job of uh, of always. Uh, you know, we have a set of principles, and we, we're always reading books, and we have our own you know our own language, so to speak, uh, acronyms and things of that nature that mean certain yeah. things, uh, and you know the, they mean thir- certain things to the fighters. And he's always keeping them. He he, he I think his philosophy is that obviously you're not going to be able to fight forever, right? Right. And it's great to make champions, and it's great to make uh great fighters but um um it's it's better to make great people you know that's yeah. his philosophy is to make great people and 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 you know we want to be we we obviously want to be the best right we want to be the best we want world champions we want these guys to do the best that they possibly can without a doubt but when you know when we're older and their their career's over um we want them to be great people, you know, and I've, uh, I've totally bought into that for sure. You, you know, I've been there for uh, roughly like two years, you know, um, and I've definitely bought into the culture and I love it. And I'm definitely like a big, uh, promoter of it. And, um, I would say it's just like a constant where there's a book of the month that these guys read. Um, and then just being in communication and, and, and having a certain standard of how you carry yourself inside and outside of the gym. We're huge on that. And, I have been to a lot of other gyms, so that's not the case. You know, most of the time no. it's like, oh, look at this guy that's a freak athlete who's one of the best in the world, but he's a total scumbag outside. But, man, he's impressive as an athlete. So, yeah. Which, that's so fine. Over, okay. You overlook that. They do. They do, yeah. Uh, so he's done a, a, fat, a fantastic job of uh, creating that culture. And I knew – and I've known Mark for a while – uh, actually, when I very first started training, we were at the same gym and he was teaching uh, Muay Thai classes. And then uh, he went and started his own gym and um, I was just doing grappling and I met him then. And I would come to Factory X every once in a while and train. Mm-hmm. But until I started being there, like uh, on a more full time basis, I was like, uh, I-, I could see the reason for the success. He's a great technician. Mark is, and he's, um, very open-minded. That's the other thing too. He's not just a striking guy, you know, he's asking me grappling questions all the time. And that's not very common. Again, I've been around a lot of high level coaches, some of the best coaches in the game. And some of them are open-minded like that, but some of them are, I'm just a striking coach, you know, and even myself, I just thought of myself, I'm, I'm just a grappling guy, you know, I'm a grappling specialist. That's my thing. But now I'm forced in this role to like be an MMA coach and and I'm the same way. I ask him striking questions, whatever. So we really clicked on that level of his just being open minded and uh, there's no ego there. It's not like, ah, you know, I'm not going to learn the ground or he trains with guys on the ground. You know what I'm saying? He, he's good on the ground. You know, he's good on the ground. Um so anyways, he's, he's just done a great job of building that culture. No, that was like one of the first things that I recognized when I was training Factory X. You know, I would come to the noon class right when pro team is getting done and they're having the the end of practice speech and stuff. And it, it looked like from my background, it looked like a like a f- football team getting together yeah. and like pump each other up and we're having a, a speech. And then when I get to train with them at Landau, like they're all rooting each other on. They're on you can tell that it's a cohesive unit. It's not like in this sport where we just see a bunch of individuals or like I'm on my journey, I'm in my camp, it's all about me. Like there's a time and a place for that, but that's not a lot of what I see at, at Factory X. There's just a lot of support going each and every way from athlete to athlete, coach to coach, uh, coach to athlete, and then even athlete to coach. Like even as I'm trying to grow in jujitsu and trying to grow that way, you know, some of the guys are helping me on the mat and then we go into the weight room and I'm helping them in the weight room. And that's a super cool kind of feature to have uh, in a relationship. So, but that open-mindedness I think is is super key in developing in anything that you do. I mean, and I think coaching gets really bad rap for it because every coach and I guess combat athlete has their own ego. Right. But yeah. um, But yeah, the the open-mindedness and just willingness to learn or listen to somebody is cute. For sure. Dude. So, so we're talking about, Hey, he's the striking coach. You're obviously he's the head coach um, and, and you're the head grappling coach. Do you guys co-plan your pro your practices, or do you guys plan your practices and then he just jumps in and helps, or or you just jump in over on the striking side and help? No, that's that's the other thing too. The communication is big. He does let me do my thing, you know. He, yeah. uh, but definitely we're uh, we're in constant contact on on the weekly plan um, and even daily plans, you know. So it's like we don't get super crazy about it, but we definitely are, are on constant contact and. 
you know, I take notes after every Friday sparring session of, hey, this is what I think we need to work on. This is how this guy looked. This is how that guy looked, et cetera. So we're, we're in communication all the time and definitely planning um, together. But I mean, if I'm like, hey, I think we need to work this, that, or the other on uh, when I'm teaching, he's like, sounds great. Maybe this or that too, or something like that. Yeah. And we were just having this conversation in Orlando too. I think a lot of the time, too much energy goes on on the front end of getting it, whether it's, you know, getting clients in the door or whether it's in the MMA setting, like getting the work done or making sure we're, we're grinding hard enough type of setting and too little energy goes toward that planning aspect or that, like, what are we actually going to do within the class? What are we actually going to do? You know, if we're trying to get some of these guys strong and make a little more individualized approach, but I think that that front end of that that planning can really do a lot of people justice, not only in in the sense of that we're going to have a framework to develop, but I think in a big sense of like creating confidence in the coaching staff and creating confidence in their own preparation. So have you seen that? Have you seen the the athletes grow in their confidence because they know there's a training plan in place or, or what's kind of the give and take? Uh, there? I think so. It's funny. Cause uh, a few weeks back, like I, I had my phone open on my notes and I was like scrolling and like a couple of them looked at me like, like, what are those? And I was like, that's, that's my notes. And he's like, really? And it's like this long list <laughs> of like bullet points where would I go through like, okay, this got done, that got done, whatever. And I think they were a little bit shocked that I like, I was like, what do you think? I just show up and dot and phone it in, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> I think I think a lot of coaches definitely, especially in the jiu-jitsu world, that's, that is what happens. They show yeah. up on their drive to work. They're probably like, ah, let's do this today, you know, or whatever. They, yeah. they just kind of phone it in. But, uh, yeah, if you don't have a plan like that, it just, like you said, it benefits you in more ways than you would think, you know, where it's like the, the athletes are like, oh, shit, Scott's got his shit together. He's like planning super detailed on what he wants us to do and, and being very organized he, he takes this very seriously he cares about it so yeah it probably does give him confidence for sure i just do it so it just keeps me organized and on track you know yeah absolutely. well and we we had a podcast a couple of weeks ago talking about skill skill transmission and and skill-based practice organization right and the only way to actually build upon a skill is to guess what continue to do it and not just do it as a one-off. So I love when coaches say, Hey, we actually have a plan in place because a lot of the times, like you said, I've, I've been around, I've wrestled around the country. I've been around a bunch of coaches, dude. A lot of the times wrestling coaches don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> like, 100%. like they literally just show up and we're like, all right, we're going over overhooks today. Cool. And then they expect yep. everybody to buy in, but that you can't buy in when you know, when you show up to the gym and you don't even know what the fuck you're doing, you don't even know, like, right. are we doing, are we doing Greco today? Or are we doing freestyle yeah. today? Or are we doing cage wrestling today? If yeah. you don't know what the fucking plan is, or if you don't even know that there's a plan in place as an athlete, as, as the athlete in me, I'm like, I want to fucking listen to this guy. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And it's crazy too, in strength and conditioning specifically, like there's such the emphasis on like periodization and like programming and planning and everything. And then you still see coaches like going out there winging it, like as they're in the session, putting exercise with exercise or, or doing this. And it's like, but you know, why don't you put that energy into planning the session? Then you can actually coach when you're in the floor. You don't have to waste time thinking or not waste time, but you don't have to be distracted thinking about, oh man, what I'm going to put him through next versus like actually coaching an athlete on a movement or coaching based on your observation and like paying attention to what you're cueing. There's just like so much more value that you can give when you have that plan in the front end. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely, I, it's, there's definitely room for flexibility, right? Especially yeah. like I'll definitely get on a tangent sometime and I have to like pull back a little bit because somebody will ask something or something will come up and then I'll just, I, so it's, it's nice. That keeps me on track too, because it's like, okay, I got to get these or want to get these things done. Mm -hmm. But somebody asks a question that leads off onto a separate tangent where I'm like, okay, shit, I got a real back. Ask me later. We'll do work with this later. I'll, you know, put it on the back burner or something. Sure. So I want to get into you two working together <laughs> because as a strength coach and a skill coach, so yeah. something, I don't know, I don't know if Alex has, has talked to you about like what our mission for building a fighter is yet, but so our listeners know they've heard me say it a, a shitload, but our, our mission for building a fighter is trying to connect skill coaches, strength coaches, healthcare, like myself 
as well as dietitians and have everybody speak the same language and be able to communicate openly. Kind of like how you're saying you and Mark have a really fucking awesome relationship. How I know you guys work with Landau for the most part. I don't know if any of your guys go off and do their own thing, but I know you guys have a contract with Landau. How's the communication between the strength side and then the skill side? And, and is there one, honestly? Uh, or it, it could it be better? Or h- how did they go about the communication? Uh, I'm I'm sure they communicate with Mark for sure, definitely more than okay. I do. So for me, I'm not on that side, um, but definitely knowing Alex, you know now, and uh, he, we, we've trained together and we've talked a bunch. Now the communicate communication for me, and I felt like you know, like I said, there for a while, I just was like I'm the grappling expert. That's what I am. Yeah. Um, but that is a very narrow minded, uh, thing, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. now you're becoming more of an MMA coach where I have to know, you know, as a coach, you gotta be everything. You do have to be a little bit of a doctor. You do have to be a little bit of a physical therapist. You do have to, you know, yeah. be a, a psychologist. You do have to be a sociologist. <laughs> yeah, you do have to sure. be all these things to be a really good coach. It's not just about being a, a technician or a tactician. Yeah. It's all these other elements. And, and really, that's why I like to just talk to guys like you, because I'm trying to educate myself in those fields as well. So um, I think they communicate probably with uh, Mark a little bit, but definitely now that Alex is in there, I'm communicating with him a little bit more. And it's nice to have and Mark's kind of the on the road guy. You know, I'm like the yeah. guy that stays back. I just you know I have a seventh month old baby. That's why I'm talking outside. I can't talk inside. <laughs> but uh, so I. I'm, you know, I stay at home with my wife and my baby, uh, and he, he's out on the road. So I'm, I'm there kind of running the ship, uh, a lot. So it's nice now that I'm, you know, have a a good uh, relationship with Alex. It's awesome. And I'm learning stuff, man. I love it. Not just for them, but for me too, like having neck injuries and knee injuries and that sort of thing. And uh, just educating myself as much as possible. Dude, that's, that's a huge way that like, especially I've learned in, in, my coaching or whatever you like go through things yourself. Right. And then you learn even better how to coach somebody else through them. But that was, that was definitely a, um, a confidence builder for me, but also uh, something I was super impressed with when like, you know, me and you got into conversations at practice or after our jujitsu rolling stuff, but then like started asking me questions to get better at like strength and conditioning and coaching. And like, what do I know about this and how can we talk? And I, I was like, man, this guy is really like, just wants to get better at coaching and wants to grow and evolve. And that's, I don't know, I think why I gravitated towards you because you're willing to put yourself out there and grow on the things that, you know, a lot of coaches don't typically put their toe in the water for, you know? Well, and fun fact, you're the first skill coach on the podcast. We've only had dietetic strength coaches in healthcare. You're the first skill coach. I'm honored. Hell Yeah. Appreciate um, it. So do, there, do, there's two ways that that's a, a very low standard or that's a very high standard. <laughs> exactly. I'm just, you know, I always, uh, I always like to be positive. So it must be a good thing. There you go. Exactly. Nice. Exactly. That's where I'm coming from. It's a fantastic yeah. one. One thing, do, do any of the sport coaches or do you guys have any healthcare people you work with or is it just anybody goes in? Um, yeah, we have specific as far as like uh, physical therapist and body work yeah. people is that what you're talking about. Yeah, we yeah, have yeah. guys. Um, and uh, we have we have a few different places that we work with. Denver Sports Recovery, which I haven't been there yet. But okay. um, those guys seem to be um, – the, the fighters seem to like them. And then uh, a place called Foundation Therapy. Um, I like them. I've been there a few times. Um, so, yeah, there's a couple different places guys can um, – we have relationships with a few different people. We don't have anyone specifically We're like, hey, go to this person or that. Okay. I always just recommend the two or three. And then uh, we're getting better. We've got, we got a good relationship with uh, a company called MyFitFoods um, who okay, supplies yeah, – yeah. uh, foods yeah they're doing their, their food's amazing it's so such a good deal they do like a you know a body mass index and tell your lean muscle mass and all that stuff so that they can do that stuff so those guys it, it is you know i think uh i think it was your podcast maybe with uh bo sandoval about rest and recovery you know yeah. uh, you know i think he said something to the effect of like everybody's working hard or you know but yeah. that's the easy to work hard i mean kind of but it is everybody's working their asses off, right? But it, yeah. if you're not recovering and resting, and again, coming from a wrestling background, you guys know 
we didn't have coaches that were like, Hey, go get some rest, go get, eat a good meal. You know, in college, yeah. our post weigh in meal was McDonald's, you know, <laughs> this is called, it's like, he took us to McDonald's and I was like, I'm not going to eat McDonald's after a weigh in. Are you kidding me? And I would always buy groceries the night before to eat my breakfast after weigh in. But so yeah, egg we do have a few you're ready to go, bro. It's crazy. Yeah. Go win a national <laughs> championship on a, on a, yeah, on an egg McMuffin. <laughs> Uh, do you guys ever have, so the reason I ask is something I advocate for and actually Bo said it in the podcast is you have ever, anybody ever come into sparring and actually watch or watch a wrestling practice, watch one of your, your jujitsu practices, Alex (laughs) was there last Friday. Oh yeah. Outside, outside of Alex, who, (laughs) who I know did that. Do you, nobody ever does. No, no, God damn it. Yeah, I know. But you know, I, I, I mean, yeah, for sure. It's I, people have lives and stuff going on. I get it, but yeah, it'd be it'd be nice just to drop in every once in a while because, yeah. uh, you know, see just to see what's going on there. And because it's their I, job to make their athletes <laughs> be as best as they can. <laughs> you're gonna lose Alex's job. Probably. I'm gonna say you're you're stabbing pretty hard here, bud. Oh, that's fine. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Austin, Austin doesn't give a fuck, and that's the you can blessing and, the blessing and a curse. Dude, this isn't I, live. I'm you can every, edit everyone. No, no. I, I edit nothing. We used to edit a lot, but that was that got us being self-conscious and really awkward and like choppy. Right. So then yeah. Austin's like, no, nah, we're just rolling it. And, and I, I love think it. It's worked out a lot better, honestly. And that's where the whole yeah. thing we said pre-recording is I'm probably going to say a lot of stupid shit because I do <laughs> I say it. a lot of stupid shit and I just roll with it. Well, as long as that's out there. Yeah. But no, yeah, realist- I, I, it was nice. It was nice to have that, you know, and yeah. that's just part of growth. Sometimes you weren't doing something. Now you're doing it, you know, onward well, and upward. And, and that and that's kind of what I was getting at is as as a skill coach, does it does it feel good to have somebody that invested? Because I knew he went last week and we had talked about that. Does it feel good to have to know that somebody's that invested in your athletes that they'll take time out of your day? Or is that something like, hey, like, I hope it happens, but we'll see. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I'm uh, being a coach, I, in my opinion, you have to be the most selfless person. I have to yeah. answer somebody's text when I don't want to or call them <laughs> when I don't want to or uh, spend an hour and a half with them or whatever it is when it's I'm tired, I'm dead. I, I've been training all day and working with these guys all day. But that's just my job and i love it i wouldn't i would much better than a real job um so it's nice to you have to be so selfless as one of those guys and just like i'm here for you man you know what do you need you know and they will complain to me about certain things whether it be uh oh you know i don't want to do this in practice is bothering me or this person or you know maybe maybe it is like oh strength and conditioning i'm just not getting what i need out of it whatever it is so Mm -hmm. i'm kind of uh, you know tell me what's going on with you and, you know, and then let me see right. how I can fix it. And now that, you know, and then when everybody is working together, it's a lot easier to fix rather than me trying to reach out to somebody I really don't know or really never talked to or whatever and being like, hey, man, I think this guy wants to do this, that or the other thing with his diet, his, uh, you know, strength and conditioning or whatever's going on. So, yeah, it makes it just makes it a lot easier. It makes the ship run better. And, and it's yeah. it's about the fighters. That's who it's about. You know, it ain't about me and what I can get out of this. Dude, I, I love it. Cause that that's, I mean, that's at the end of the day, right? It's, it's, it has to be something we talk about a lot is athlete centered care, whether it's strength conditioning, skill coach, strength, uh, strength coach, uh, healthcare, you need to have the athlete in the middle. As soon as you flip it and you put the coach in the middle, what, what can I, how is this athlete helping me? How can I build my brand? How can I do all this different shit? Yeah. Like that, that's when we've kind of fucked up. And, well, and that's, that's something the people that, I, that you hate and you don't associate with. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and again, I feel like I've, I've already brought it up twice now, but like, that's what I love about when I see you guys, cause I do follow you guys on Instagram. What, how, what I love about factory X is that every single time you make a post, it's not about, Hey, what it's not about Scotty Miller's class. It's not about Mark Montoya. It's about every single one of your athletes. And I just, this isn't even a question. I just, I commend you guys for doing that. And I know, even though you said you're not a part of it, I know you're a fucking part of it. I don't care what you say. <laughs> oh, appreciate. It. Well, the culture definitely now, you know, I'm a huge promoter if that's what you're saying. Yeah. But yeah, I'm probably bad about social media where it's like <laughs> I feel cheesy if I post some other, you know, some other guy's stuff on my stuff, you know, trying to hang on to them and, and take some sort of credit. And it's like, yeah. sure, I help him a lot, but 
they're at the end of the day. And I think only a true athlete kind of understands that at the end of the day, they're the one going in there. They're the one doing the work. I only have so much control, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and they should get the credit, not me. You know, if they want to give me credit, great. Appreciate it. I love that. It definitely promotes me and definitely helps, you know, gets me more lessons and that sort of thing. And that's how I make my money. Right. But I'm not willing to sell my soul for, for that, you know, for some sort of promotion. So, oh man, you and me are, are the same in, in that regard. Like I, I hated posting on social media. I hated doing all of this stuff. And like, I think I've started to accept it and started to learn some type of like, I don't know business sure. savvy or like ethical way to do it. And, and again, there is a good way to do you it, have but, to. but yeah, exactly. You have to, I, but I'm so self-conscious. I'm so like, because I don't know, just my outlook on social media is like, anytime you post it, it's about you. Right. And, and we're just talking yeah. about how it, as a coach, it's never about you. It's about the athlete and how, what can you give back? But man, I, I just, that was a really hard roadblock for, and I, I don't want to say I'm over it because I still hate posting, but yeah, at times it's necessary. For sure. Me too. Yeah. I hate it. I, I don't, I don't, I don't probably do it enough for sure. And it's like, I just want to post things of value techniques, you know, and that's it really, you know, in my life and whatever. So, right. But I think there, there's also a happy medium there where it can be like a promotional thing. Like you're lifting the athlete up at the same time. And then that, that furthers the relationship and builds it. But like you said, it's hard to, I mean, and the people that know are going to know as well. So that's, yeah, that, that is true. I've seen, uh, so kind of the guy, uh, that I apprenticed under essentially, and that, that I learned the most from was, uh, Neil Melanson. And most people don't know who that is. Maybe you guys do, but most people don't. And I'm huge on promoting that guy. Cause he's coached Randy Couture. He's coached Dominic Cruz. He's coached Kamaru Usman. He's coached Phil Davis. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. Rashad Evans, Frank Mir, uh, you know, all sorts of guys that he's coached. Some of the best guys, but you don't know his name and most people don't know who he is because he didn't promote himself that much as much as he should. And he's just, he's, you know, so I, I, I was lucky enough to train with him for like five, six months. And I still, he's, you know, a friend of mine still have a great relationship with him. I watch all his stuff. I, I, you know, I've been grappling for 20 some years and he made me feel like I knew nothing. You know, one of those guys that's just like, like a a true master where like, holy, like, and just taught me so much. And, and, but he did, he never was loud enough and been like, oh, you know, this is, I coach this guy, I coach that guy, you know, and you're like, Michael Chandler is another guy that he coached, you know, but, uh, so he's coached all these great athletes, but, and he, he makes good money off his DVDs and stuff, which is awesome because he's got some of the best instructionals on BJJ fanatics that you're going to find. And especially for MMA, his grappling for MMA is like, there's, he's top three in my opinion. Uh, you know, and the, the only one that's up there is like Donaher, you know, that's yeah. my opinion. Yeah. And there might be another guy up there for us, hobby or somebody like that, but he's, uh, he's one of the greatest yeah. grappling minds for MMA, well, but I didn't wanna, promote I wanna, himself. Exactly. I want Austin, <laughs> I want Austin to chime in on this because that's where me and Austin disagree a lot or, or, or butt heads where, Austin is so much better at the the promotion and so much better at the, um, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to say like PR type of stuff, but so much better at marketing yourself and, and finding that that balance where you're supporting the athletes, but you're also getting yourself out there. Um, whereas like, again, if I had my way and I hadn't, you know, met Austin or started this business like we have, I, I would be that guy with no name, you know? So it's well, like, right. Well, my- no. So my thing, my thing has always been, and will always be like, we made a post recently. This will be, I think this was four weeks behind, but so four weeks ago, we made a post that said, uh, it, nobody cares how much, you know, until they know how much you care. And that's a quote I live my life by. It's a quote I practice by. It's a quote I coach. And so my guys, like, I, I think I've asked for two photos ever with any of my athletes. Most of the time, if I post on my social media or whatever it may be, it's, it's the athlete asked, Hey, let, Hey, let's take a picture. And shit like that. Yeah. And then I post it because I want to support my athlete. There's a reason why they asked me to take that picture. It's because they know that I helped them and hopefully they accomplish their goal of that win or their, that dub or whatever it may, or, or that's a finish, which a lot of the times, a lot of my guys what I fucking love about my athletes is they're not out there just, just to, to fight. They're not out there just to get a dub. They're out there to fucking finish that fight. They're they're in there. They're looking for the submission. Like last week, I had Shimon Marais, and he he got a submission in PFL with one second left. Fucking locked up a Kimura, 
finish the fight. And I was running around my clinic like a little fucking schoolgirl after he did it. And it was the coolest thing. And, and I, I posted the picture with me and him. And it's because I want to show people. It's not that, oh, I worked with Shamo. I don't really care. Like, I don't care who I work with. I just want to help. You could be an amateur fighter. I don't give a fuck. But what I care about is that I care about you as an individual. And I want to boost your brand. I don't have a huge following, but I have 800 people following my page. I want all 800 people to see that post and then look at your page and be like, hey, I want to support him because I, I, I love or I trust or whatever it may be. I follow Austin. And that's where like, I don't do a whole, I'm, I'm also terrible at social media, kind of like how you guys both said. But when I do post, it's because it's, I really care about that athlete. And I really care that that athlete get a little bit of exposure, even if I only have 800 followers, those 800 people now know who that person is. And it, it's never, I don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't ask for much. I don't, I don't care about myself. I'll be real honest. Like you said, like a good coach is selfless, but I care that that athlete gets as much exposure as possible because that's what builds their brain. That's what allows them to get, Hey, instead of 12 and 12, you're 14 and 14, you get $4,000, four extra thousand dollars for your family. If you get a win. And that's what matters to me. And that's, that's when I see like PR, that's what I think about. It's like, if I, even if I have a, a few followers that might be able to get them over the hump that makes them a little bit more popular because you never know who's following you and who's seeing those eyes. So that, that's what I see. And that's what I think. That's a nice, I think, happy medium for sure. Where it's like, yeah, I, maybe I, I, you know, Alex doesn't do enough. And then, you know, that's a nice little happy medium. I'm the same way. Like I said, I don't do enough and I'm that same rule of thumb. I never really asked for anybody to take a picture. Like, I'll oh, take a picture with me, bro. And let's post this. Yeah, it's yeah. always, I'm, Hey coach, take a picture. with me. I'm like, fuck yeah. And then I'll definitely repost that without a doubt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, mm -hmm. um, so that's a good, that's a good rule of thumb. Well, that was like today. Like I had, uh, one of my athletes is fighting next week. Uh, I think it was the sec. like I said, two times. That was the second time ever. Cause he was about to walk out. I'm like, Keone, uh, he, he's fighting David Weichel next week. He's like, Keone, bro, let me support you. Like, I want to take a picture. I want to promote you and all these different things. He's like, hell yeah. He's a Hawaiian, of course. He's like, hell yeah, brada. Let's fucking go. And we go and take a picture and then I'll post it. Who, who knows? Maybe four people will see it. But maybe three of those, <laughs> four, maybe, maybe three of those four people will turn in, tune into Showtime to watch him fight. For sure. Yeah. And that's three extra eyes. Yeah. And, and I think that's huge. And something I've realized since we like started the building a fighter page. And again, not that we have big following at all, but like even just building a fighter, we've gotten like five or six messages from people that I don't know, or that we have no connections with that are just like, Hey, I like your content or, or like, it's helped me out in this way. And it's like, that's why you do it. And it, a lot of the times, again, it's unrecognized and everything, but like, it's just that like peek under the hood that like, Oh, this is actually a good thing for people at sometimes. So it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's an unforeseen for me, unforeseen like benefit that like, okay, maybe like posting on Instagram actually does enhance the reach and actually does enhance what other people are doing or like give people like that quality content and knowledge. Yeah. I, and uh, I love what you guys are doing and uh, I want to, post your stuff but it's almost like secret sauce so i also want to keep it and i don't want anybody to listen to your podcast so so if i don't post it don't be mad at me no i'm just kidding i'll definitely post it I was gonna but, say, that's, uh, a, that's a, now you're just making another out to not post no no that's not true it is true it, i do listen to certain podcasts yours got you, you guys being one of them another one is called uh, the sunny brown breakdown yeah, more of like a grappling that. Yeah. And they talk about like teaching methods and that sort of thing. And I'll share it with, uh, you know, the, our coaches and our circle, but I'm, I'm not going to tell, you know, strangers about his podcast. Unfortunately, you guys though, for sure. without a doubt, uh, now I know you personally, more but... people that listen to our podcast are going to know about that podcast. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Cut that out too. You're going to have to start editing things out. <laughs> All right, Scotty. So I want to get into, you seem like a technical person. I like technique big technique fan. What do you guys do as far as uh, cage wrestling? Cause that's a passion of mine. That is a, we'll say a, a specialty of mine when I, when I'm in, when I'm doing wrestling for fight ready. Um, yeah, I, uh, so I like to do this drill. I actually got it. I do this a lot recently. This is actually some more secret sauce. I don't want to give out, but I got it from, uh, the, the what's that New Zealand team with Israel and uh, uh, oh uh, city city kickboxing. city kickboxing city kickboxing yeah. yes so I was listening to a podcast with uh, one of those guys I can't remember who it was and they do a drill called King of the Wall and uh, I've been making the guys do it a lot lately which mm -hmm. essentially you know 
start with a single leg. One guy, and sometimes it's offensive guy, sometimes it's defense guy, and they didn't really even tell me that they're king of the wall drill. Um, I don't know even know how they run it. I don't even know what they do, quite honestly. I Just the idea of it, I was like, oh, that's a genius idea. Uh, so I'll put like four groups against the wall. Let's say the offensive guy starts with a single leg. The defensive guy, uh, you know, his job is to either pop back up or break out and get out of the single leg and circle or get on top or whatever, right? Just not get set to his butt or to his back for three seconds or more or give his back up with two, two hooks in. So mm-hmm. uh, that drill I've been doing a lot lately, and I feel like uh, my, my teaching philosophy has changed a lot. I'm definitely a technician for sure, uh, but I also do believe in tactics over techniques too. And, and just not and putting yourself in positions to win and not having to like, okay, this guy's good at defending the double leg. I'm going to attack a single leg on him, right? Just being yeah. tactical or this guy I know is going to go after a double leg. So maybe you set your stance wider to where they can't attack a do- uh, or double leg, whatever. So putting them in positions to um, kind of find their own uh, success and find the, the, the ways that they're good at defending against the wall. We definitely have a system against, uh, you know, offense and defense for the wall. Mm-hmm. We, we definitely have a system in place there, but also I'm a big fan of like, okay, we've kind of taught you guys that if you don't know that, then maybe I'll work on the side with you or whatever. And we, we will go over every once in a while. If it's like, okay, we're really weak in this one area of the wall. We're not finishing in this way, but I think putting them in a situation, they typically come up with the answers on their own, you know? Right. And that is typically more powerful and they're not thinking through it like, okay, coach said, catch the wrist on the inside and then catch the tricep here, <laughs> lower my levels. By that time, somebody that is good at wrestling has already set you on your butt and now yeah. you're way behind rather than be like, okay, get into a position where I can defend for a little bit and then I'll work my way through it. So um, that's kind of my philosophy as of late. Uh, I'm definitely uh, a technician and, and love to show technique. But uh, I, I'm I'm starting to like play with the idea of just putting guys in position and then letting them figure it out, and then maybe after if I see like okay, cool, we really need to work on this, then then I'll show the techniques. Yeah, well, dude, I love that. Yeah, yeah I, I, well, go ahead. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. Uh, so I've I've never I I just want to say I fucking love that quote that. T- Tactics over technique. I've I have never heard that before. I don't know if you just made that right now, but you should stick. That's with that a, shit. that's that's a Neil Melanson saying right there. He's, hey. he's, I'm telling you, the guy is, is an expert. He I I give that guy credit for every a lot of you know everything that he's ever told me. He and I was like, man, that makes so much sense. We're so focused on move rather yeah. than how do I use tactics of like I don't want him to snap my head. Okay, I'll bring my head up. That sort of thing and grappling. Really simple stuff that like. This guy's got a really good head snap. Okay, I'll keep my head high. And then that kills his game. Well, and, and like you said, I think like the good people do that intuitively. I think like, like you, you watch people do it and it, it just happens. But like it's never, like you said, brought to light. It's never like coached up on something. And that's like my high school wrestling coach who was a phenomenal athlete. Like I knew a lot of wrestling moves because like every other wrestler started when I was five or six years old. Right? I knew the moves, but like I would get so in my head about the technique and like, am I hitting this move clean, whatever. And he's like, it's like go out there and, and just be an athlete. Like, you know, the moves, you have the tools in the toolbox, go out there and just do it, just apply and just be an athlete. And that's like one of the biggest things that like I take with me as a coach, because like, again, you can teach so much technique and like give them just so many different tools. But again, you're teaching somebody to be a cook. You're not allowing them the freedom to be a chef. And keeping those tools sharp for sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. So Scotty, do you have, uh, is there anything as far as like, how do I want to say this? Alex has told me that strength, strength, he's about, and he's about to say something really bad. <laughs> strength and conditioning isn't always the most favorite thing for skill coaches. Is there anything oh. as far as strength and conditioning that, that I, I, I know have to find well, Alex another job? No, a lot. So <laughs> as far as like, cause I know as well too, cause I'm, I also, I know I'm healthcare, but I also do a lot of my guys strength and conditioning and me yeah. and do you know, Santino DeFranco? Do you, do you know him at all? Sounds so familiar. No. He, He's our head coach at Fight Ready, but he's like, okay, a, I'm I feel sure I tell everybody, own. I'm like, yeah, I tell everybody, I'm like, he's like an older bro- brother to me at this point. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that, as far as the strength and conditioning side, that you know, just work? I mean, you work, you guys work at one of the top gyms, literally the country. They're they're one of the best people out there. Is there anything communication wise um, that you've seen in the past 
that you would like to, for strength coaches as a whole, get better at as far as talking to skill coaches? Mm. Um, so you're asking if when, when, when a strength and conditioning coach like talks to us, if there's something that, yeah, just uh, like I talked about, like, that's why I asked about the whole, Hey, do they come to sparring thing? Cause I think that's so important that you should see your athletes perform. But right. I also know that strength coaches, myself being one like to stay in the gym a little bit and, or, or we focus on things through one lens instead of looking at it through a, a sport lens. And since the podcast is about bringing people together, is there anything you see from a skill side that we want to, we can elevate? Yeah. Gotcha. I think, uh, you know, I think staying out of people's ways sometimes is the most beneficial mm-hmm. thing. And actually they're pretty good about that. Of like, we, uh, you know, we, we are a fight gym, you know, we're here yeah. to, to yeah. learn how to fight. We're not here to CrossFit and learn yeah. how to, how to lift weights and stuff. Those are all <laughs> Absolutely. supplemental things. Um, so those things should stay supplemental. If our strength and conditioning is getting in the way of our training, then in my opinion, I'm not an expert by any means. This is just my opinion and my philosophy. I don't have any research to back this. I don't have any data back this, but I think you are the majority of our time. And I think if you listen to the, the, best guys that have ever done it gsb included even though that guy is a you know he loves to do gymnastics sprint on tracks and yeah and all sorts of stuff and you know connor has got a movement coach uh you know playing touch butt in the park or whatever bro that dude's (laughs) back for sure i missed this i missed that movement by the way nobody talks about how that movement came through mma there for a little while Edo portal and all the movement coaches that that connor got everybody sprung on but anyways uh I feel like most of our time should be uh, yeah, skill building and uh, yeah. sharpening those skills and fighting. And the strength and conditioning, yes, is supplemental. And uh, Landau's is really great about that. They're great about just, you know, letting, you know, setting us up for success, you know, setting our athletes up to be fresh and ready to go training wise, you know? Yeah. And, and like, I don't know if that answers your question. It 100%. And, oh, and cool. honestly, the reason I was asking is like, dude, I, I'm a strength conditioning coach and I fucking agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, I think that's where like the ego with a lot of strength conditioning coaches get in the way because like, I don't know, you do so just like becoming a black belt, like you do so much to invest in yourself and to like build up your trade that like you start to think it's like all about BJJ sometimes or like you get to like, all right, this is my thing. I got to teach them that. So it's like a strength coach, like. I've done so many unpaid internships. I've done this, blah, blah, blah. And like now strength is the thing, right? When it's like, and even like this last week and like we were, I think in part reminding ourselves, but also reminding athletes, like you don't get paid to lift weights. Like nobody is, you get paid to fight. We're going to make you better fighters. Like you you pretty much took the words out of my mouth as far as that, because there's definitely jujitsu guys that get obsessed with teaching jujitsu their way. And like, putting a big amount of time spent on jujitsu for MMA. And I'll be the first to tell you that grappling is not as prevalent as it once was in MMA. It's not as important. Um, when I was like kind of first starting, uh, do like, you know, coaching MMA, Yeah, mm-hmm. Neil helped me out a lot cause he's a huge MMA coach for sure. And for grappling. But I, I was like, man, I just don't know how much time we should really spend on grappling quite honestly. And that's just me, you know, and, and I'm, and if I had an ego, it'd be like, Oh yeah, yeah. We're going to be all grapplers. Everybody's going to take everybody down and finish them. Right. That's what I want. <laughs> that's what I want everybody to do. Cause that looks good for me. Right. But I, I was like, man, I wish there was just a way. And somehow I found this, uh, UFC stats from now till 1995. And essentially it shows all the submissions It showed the rounds finished. It showed all the data from the time the UFC started till now. And even shows the swings and like how, uh, you know, ground and pound was king of MMA for a while, right? And then it kind of dipped away, and then it went to the sprawl and brawl, and then you know, jujitsu obviously was early. Then it went to ground and pound. Then it went to like sprawl and brawl, and then it, you know, now it's gone in different phases. And even my curriculum that I teach is like, I'm not going to teach crazy submissions. I'm not going to teach a twister. There's only been a couple done ever, and maybe just for fun, every once in a while to like one or two guys. But I'm going to teach rear naked choke is the king of submissions for MMA. I'm going to focus heavily on that guillotines. Um, I'm going to focus heavily on that. The, the submissions that have been done, so. Yeah, you just gotta. You can't bullshit yourself and be like, "Oh man, I, I really want everybody to be great strikers." Even striking, you know, if you're a good coach, you know, 
even a guy that's like a striking coach, right? He's got to be honest with himself and be like, man, I need to have some good wrestling defense for my guys to be able to strike. And you're not always going to be able to outstrike the guy. You're going to have to get creative. So that's definitely uh, something that, that happens a lot that, uh, you know, um, that you have to just be honest with yourself and be like, I'm not a uh, jujitsu for MMA. You know, that's, that's not that prevalent anymore. You don't well, see a lot of guys doing that. And I think that that's like even more, like furthers my point too, because like you're talking about a discipline that is legitimately in the sport, like BJJ and like taking like the gas, like the foot off the pedal a little bit. Like how ridiculous is it for me to try and make somebody like lift 500 pounds and then tell them that they're better at fighting for it, you know? So it's definitely complimentary and like supportive. Like we're a support staff. We're not you know, technically like like in the t- trenches and like things like that. So it's, it's interesting to me how, how some people lose like the scope and perspective of that, but yeah. Well, and it's about boosting attributes, right? That how I, it, Scotty, if you, if you've listened, I use the Mario analogy a lot as, as a strength conditioning coach, I'm trying to make you Mario and Mario Kart. I want to make you the best athlete possible. I want to boost your stat bars all to even. And then when you're in camp, I want you to then focus on all these different things that you can become Yoshi. You can become Waluigi for this fight. You could become all these, you could boost your stat bars whichever way you choose. But my job is to boost your floor. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to really raise your ceiling. I mean, I I, I can a little bit, but for the most part, your ceiling is your skill. Your floor is going to be your athleticism. And if I can boost your athleticism up a little bit, which is what I do as a strength conditioning coach, I want to make you a general athlete. Like we had, Two, week, two weeks ago for this podcast would be Tim Marion. He's the head of perform or the assistant director of performance at Denver University. And he was talking about how strength edition coach should be the best generalist possible. We need to focus on boosting them in as, as many ways as possible to fill in their gaps in athleticism. And that's really all I'm there to do. And I completely agree with him. I'm not there, like realistically, I want to make you a better athlete. And then in camp, you should be doing fucking 85 to 90% skill work. And we're only doing 10%, maybe 15% strength conditioning versus out of camp. Maybe it's 25%. But for the most part, skill work, you're there to be a fighter. And I think Bo said it on our podcast. I, like, we're there to be a fighter. You're there to win fights. That's how you provide for your family. That's how you boost the rankings. That's how you work your way up in your career. And I love, like, I know it was, I, I kind of touched on it and I saw you both go like, as soon as I said, it, I'm like, ah, oh, like that, t- that type of like eyes. But I'm like, that's the conversation I want to have because it's an honest conversation where as a skill coach, I want to hear your opinion on it because you're yeah. right in thinking that you're right in thinking that su- strength conditioning is supplementary because the fuck it, 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 it fucking is. And I love that. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, I think that philosophy is uh, something I've heard a lot of, uh, you know, GSP, Donaher said it recently, I think, on Rogan's podcast or maybe something like that. He's like, my job is to be, you know, uh, to, to boost their skills, you know, physical. He, I think he's, I don't know, I believe that strengthening and training is a little more important maybe than he's letting off to believe. If, if you look at most of his guys, they, uh, <laughs> they're freaks already. They went, they went from 180 to 240 mysteriously. Uh, so it's like, obviously being a big, strong athlete, jujitsu is not that way anymore where you're like, oh, all technique is all that matters. You don't need to lift weights and you don't need to be big and strong and athletic. It's like, nah, that's, that's years past years ago, you know? Dude, how good was that podcast though with Donahue? That was great. All his, he's great to listen to. He's a, you know, obviously a little bit tough to listen to on one <laughs> fell swoop. I have to do it in chunks uh but he's 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 very yeah he's great I'm actually really enjoying his on the lex friedman podcast right now absolutely yeah, yeah he, he, they go they go different ways than uh, he did on rogan so that's that's really interesting too yeah so like like with every high level jiu-jitsu coach when are you going to get your master's or doctorate in psych or in uh what is it what's <laughs> philosophy. Her? In philosophy. philosophy i feel like most <laughs> jiu-jitsu coaches i talk to they have some weird like degree in philosophy or socioeconomics know, or some shit like that yeah i don't know i don't hey, man, know dro- drop the coin <laughs> drop the coin at du books. man yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think you know they already call me professor and I, you know, I <laughs> barely completed junior college. So, you know, I'll take it. <laughs> oh, oh, hell yeah. I love it, dude. Well, Scotty, that's what I got. Alex, you, you got anything else? So much more, but I don't know about tonight. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Hey man. Oh, I appreciate the hell out of you coming on. It was yeah, awesome. Thanks. 
absolutely yeah, loved it. Fun. I appreciate you guys. If people want to get in contact with you, is there any way that's better than anything else? Instagram, yeah. just Instagram, self promotion. Yeah, self promotion. Right yeah, here. <laughs> yeah. Just, I want bubble words right in front of my face at Scotty Jujitsu. So yeah, you can just reach out to me at Scotty Jujitsu if you have any sort of, you know, maybe I can answer your question. Maybe I can't, but I don't know. That's the easiest way for sure for to reach me. It's just Instagram, Scotty Jujitsu. For sure, yeah. man. And then we'll throw that in the show notes as well. Um, if y'all got to get in contact with me or Alex. Those will also be in the show notes as well with Instagram. You can hit us up at the website as well. That is working. Um, and if you want any programs, we also finally have our store working. So if you guys want to hit up with a individualized program, our Building a Fighter Phase 1, Jiu-Jitsu Wellness. What else we got? Team programs. Low back. Your, low back, low back yeah. Oh, I forgot about the one that I made. Yeah, the one the that you made. <laughs> <laughs> the low back program. If you need anything at all, please check out the website first because we might already have a resource for you as well as with our blog. Um, please like share, subscribe, do all the cool shit that allows us to talk to your friends. Cause we want to become friends with your friends uh, and talk to them. If you're listening on Apple podcast, please rate that. That's going to boost us in the SEO. And as always, this is Dr. Austin Shane, Alex Friedman and Scotty Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> let's go. And we are out. Take care.